When Della Brown was identified through her fingerprints, it was easy to assume her life's choices led to her death. Had she not had a clouded history or hadn't been Alaska Native, the case might have ended up different. And maybe Della's story could have stopped a man before he killed one, two, three more times. Welcome to True Crime 49. At the young age of 18, Daisy Pickett, then Brown, was sexually assaulted in Anchorage, Alaska. She left for New Mexico, leaving her infant daughter Della to be raised by her mom and stepfather. Three out of every four Alaska Native women will suffer from violence in their lifetime. Over half will be sexually assaulted, often before they're old enough to be called women. Little Della would be no different and would be subjected to molestation throughout her childhood. At 33 years old, Della Brown walked into the night, highly intoxicated, either from a local party at a bar or perhaps walking back from a liquor store. The accounts are hazy and the witnesses less than reputable. Darkness stands in the doorway of the shed with its hand welcoming you and its warning you within. As blind fingers clumsily strike a paper match to life and out of the darkness appears a goddess laying on the floor of the shed. Scattered around her are a few other burnt matches. She changes as you watch her. From her center, her clothes have been parted both upward and downward. And darkness begins to come up from beneath her in the last din of the match light she's left dead in the form of a woman. This woman had been dragged here. She'd been passed out on the road when out of the night a borrowed trailer park Cadillac zooms up and rolls to a stop. I'm gonna run over her. Joss said as they approached. Clevenger, who was just here riding along for his girlfriend, these were her brother's friends. They wanted to be tough. Maybe it was because Josh had said it not so much to everyone, but as if he was saying it only to himself, as if he was the only one in the car. So when Clevenger heard his own voice, don't do it, man. Breaking the silence, it was eerie. A door opened, and the good Samaritan Clevenger pulls her gently from the street, partially dragging her on the asphalt. She's heavier than he had expected, and she's beginning to moan, coming up out of the stupor. It's just off the road is good enough. He lets her go, and she slumps down onto the grass, passed out completely, with heavy, drunken breathing. He noticed she must have peed herself early in the evening. They left her there and all drove off in the Cadillac for an hour or so before returning to this same neighborhood, within walking distance of Dennis Whitmore's garage, where they would spend the evening working on Clevenger's girlfriend's car. In the garage, swapping an engine, it quickly becomes evident who's working on the car and those who are there to help if they're needed. Apparently Josh was neither one of these. They said if he would get bored, he would lie. Tonight, this late, he'd already gotten bored. Everyone expected him to begin, the parable always shedding him in the best of light, lavishing himself with authority and sex. But tonight he's distracted, distant, fidgeting, anxious. Joshua finally stood up, having just remembered that the lady they'd found earlier in the night, maybe she had money on her, and he was going to hurry over before somebody else might find it. When he returned later with blood on his hands and on his shirt, he was at a high state of energy returning numerous times to the garage and on one occasion 
asking, oh yeah, by the way, does anyone have a condom? It was a prostitute who had been told that there was something horrible in the shed, and she has to go look. Casey knows this shed, the things that she has to tell herself each time lately, persuading the fates that peril isn't staring into your eyes, but only when you look away. She makes her way in, and something is still left behind the door. It was bold to go in, and turn around, and just see whatever it was, blind at first, Maybe it could be grammy old Uncle George. Finally gave out. Or one of those stupid bitches. Whatever the world must look like through the eyes of a hooker. With all the things that she has to tell herself lately, it must ring of doom. When you see the violence poured out upon this poor waitress, an innocent. Poor Della. The violence exhibited on Della was brutal. Her face had been smashed in, and depending on the accounts you believe, it may have been done a day after she took her last breath. Joshua Wade claims at age 14 he killed his first man. You can't tell if what he says is true or some sort of coping mechanism. His crimes escalate from speeding to eluding the police, culminating in robbery which receives no more than a handful of fines as punishment. Crime Stoppers, the slickest bullshit they've cooked up yet. If you call and you give up something that leads to a felony conviction, you get 10 grand. It's so effective that what if the computer's controlling more and more over time that they actually demanded that we're going to collapse if we don't make sweeping reforms. They were numerous, ingenious, strange. One was that the judicial system, being abolished like Lincoln, wandering off, dazed and glistening in sweat, to be reorganized around its most effective core, pillar, for the fluid transference of energy. The numbers don't lie. All the departments were waiting for the printout. Deet, deet, deet. It printed out, and it was still in binary. So here we are in the Crime Stoppers Court of the Future, well over five horizons away, all assembled in an arena, like a title fight with the witnesses, the interviews, the interrogations, the investigators, all on demand, all streaming in a 5G stream, every inch covered by video, every nuance, all at once. The playbacks are amazing. Everyone is hyped tonight because someone on the Crime Stoppers line has saying, we got Danny Troxel. Whoever this guy is, the Crime Stoppers guy said, Donnie Traxel is the end-all, be-all witness. The court is in motion. Timothy Beckett is center stage, immersed in the story and its telling. His arms are contorted, his back contorted, his face drawn into a look of a bomb squad guy working with the alarms going off in his ear. And he's describing dropping in the motor into this piece of rat shit car they were working on for one of the guys' sister. And about almost dropping the motor on his friend's hand. As he's describing it all, the crowd begins to look up at one of the box seats in the arena. It's starting to glow brighter and everyone's anxious to see what the auto mechanic mystics have to say. 
The older gentlemen are leaned back in their chairs, arms crossed like NASCAR rounders. Nothing to say, apparently. They will allow it to proceed. The lights brighten on Beckett again. Josh wouldn't shut the fuck up about something he wanted to show us. Then tell us, asshole. No, you gotta come see it. Working on the car, working on the car, we took a break. And then getting back to the engine, we're knee deep. Clearing my head on a walk. Stuck in and under the engine in a dingy garage, sunrises that smell like beer. The air out here is clean and strange. Was walking. Here it is, Josh says. The thing I wanted to show you. What? Oh, yeah. He said he'd done something. And there was that lady in the road earlier. Something about her, but he's always bullshitting around. When Beckett wouldn't do it, stood his ground. Wouldn't go into the shed. Josh said, okay, wait here. He ran to the shed like an ill-fitted suitor, about to propose, running to retrieve the ring, shuffling with a boner. He comes back with a snow shovel. I killed a cat with this. When he said the word shovel, a spotlight swept across the people's faces as it zoomed and locked on the box seat, high and center. Eyes squinting in the lights to read the plaque, coroner. The coroner looks over at the soundproof box, the censored box, and Della's mother behind the soundproof glass. He gives her a nod of respect and compassion, then coldly looks at the lights and nods yes. Ooh, the people say. The proposal must not have gone very good because the next day Josh can't contain himself. That shovel, I killed a bitch with it, and you helped me get rid of it. A Rubik's Cube where every side completed is flipping you the bird and laughing at you. Sure enough, have to go see now. There she is, on her back, naked from the waist down, and he looks over at the soundproof glass, still whispers, Legs were spread apart. They brought out Jesse Ackman. He didn't even go there, but he says that later in the evening, after Wade had went there with Beckett and then Troxel, that it was true. Later that night, everything had died down under the hood, and here comes Josh again to the garage, like a leper who blew back into town. Ackman says Josh says, he just came from the shed, gazing off and finally getting to tell the story to someone. It came to Joshua and he said it clearly that she had been tough and that she didn't want to die. The people are on their feet, they're angry. He said that he bashed her head in with a rock. The lights are on the corner. He's grimacing like an old head, watching the ratchets twerk, nod this head. Mm-hmm. The crowd shouts like for the gladiators. He said he slit her throat. The corners parted his robes, tore his chest open toward the sky as if to say, purge me, Lord, I'm handling the dearth. Gasps, shouting, retribution. Any tears are pushed away because it's time. They were bringing out Danny Troxel. Unbelievable, this is the guy. This is gonna be good. 
bets were placed with gold tooth smiled and everyone is poised on the edge of their seat. The lights are on Danny now and he's deep in thought, looking at his knees together. He looked up and nods a yes. The place goes wild. Money's thrown from one gambler onto the other before the loser collapses, ruined. Rounds to be toasted tonight to justice, laddie. And sitting in the silence with soundproof glass, Della's mother Daisy is weeping. Less than a year after his first robbery, and a few months after he turned 20, Joshua Wade started his 10th criminal court case for the murder of Della Brown. At sentencing, Joshua Wade said, The only person I'm sorry to is her mother, that's it, and the family. But other than that... Daisy, who relocated to Alaska to be at the trial, sat in the front of the courtroom. Wade's apology and taped confession were not enough. The shady witnesses, lack of intact DNA, and inconsistent prosecutors, the jury found him not guilty of murder. Instead, found him guilty of evidence tampering and a gun possession violation. By December 2004, a little over four years after brutalizing Della, Joshua Wade was back on the streets of Anchorage. Fifty-two-year-old Mindy Schloss was a practicing psychiatrist who embodied the love and care of a sister. Born in New York, spending time in Seattle, it was a bliss living in the last frontier where berries are a plentiful reward to a breathtaking Alaska hike. Having a basket of fresh muffins or the crisp, clean berries themselves, Mindy would dole out her gifts to those she had on her heart and mind. It was natural for Mindy to take care of others as a career as it seemed her understanding of others offered healing to those who only knew her briefly. To be one of the generations able to say, I saw the old carnivals, where so clearly it was shown that sadness and triumph are balanced, and that wherever there is one, there is surely the other also. With every victory, there is sorrow, somewhere. If we watched as the sun rose and set blinking quickly right before our eyes as we looked across to Mindy's house, like a little bird she moved through her routine, making a strange type of music, she would be preparing and fluttering and relaxing and preparing, and then she is gone, her car always still, the music, deep and silent, and then instantly, the moment she is back in the routine, dances and the music again and again, until you realize that perhaps all along there's been another watcher here also, his eyes watching just as you had watched, and as the music readies itself once again, for the deep, deep silence. You see, he's not in the bushes anymore. He's closing the distance with the silence. 
In August 2007, when Jerry, Mindy's best friend, came to house it, she immediately knew something was off color. She had tried to call Mindy all weekend. It was unusual for Mindy not to answer or return her calls. When Mindy did not show up for Monday's patients, the police were called. Honest and earnest Jerry gave the police the information they needed to realize foul play was involved and Mindy was missing. When you can finally truly pull off a genuine surprise to someone, a good one, and when the prestige has been revealed and they are still for a flash going on with life, their bloodstream running like an engine at idle, constant, efficient, idling, the heartbeat is at rest, the breath just heaves in, ever slightly realizing that something is greasy underfoot, and by the time your eyes look down you see the new car on graduation, or the pregnancy test that breaks on you both like giant waves. Christine Greaser was watching the TV, mind wandering wherever. She hears the woman on the news say her friend's name, her eyes for a moment moving independent of each other scouring the photo of the man wanted for murder kidnapping it's your friend backpack and all haven't seen him in a while actually but just a few days ago he called out of the blue uh, everything was cool he needed a ride to the valley so i gave him a ride i let him out at the bus stop he had me hold on to his backpack it was just then that her blood raged through the caves wherever it goes, absolutely flooded with hormones, and almost every squirt from every obscure gland racing past you in the arteries, like an angry hornet bikers with an endless array of colors and rockers all pissed off and going to raise hell wherever they land. The backpack is right outside like a bonfire going off under the back seat in my quiet, serene little car. The world is a blur at times, smears away the more that you touch it. Her and her mother tore at things that were in the way, and in a fervor strewn out the contents of this mishandled bag, and saw the contents of a life unplugged, midstream, and this life had digitized down to a few bits of information, frozen in time, ready to plug back in at a moment's notice a small bottle of alcohol some banking receipts, a runner's wallet with an out-of-date prison ID card, Joshua Wade. She called the cops and told him everything. That newscast probably played in almost every smoky bar. That broadcast echoed out from electrical devices everywhere and went straight into the soft tissue of the ear. It had begun a clock, ticking towards something inevitable. And it seemed like time had flown by for just a few hours when bald knuckles rapped at the door. Hey, how are you doing? Dry land drowning. Everything inside you is gasping for air, screaming to get out. The world has begun to chime, the end of the world toll. Boom, boom, enough that you are ready to cry out to the God. You realize it's your heartbeat. Don't sweat. White skin goes red. Don't show your tail or else you'll be dead. Don't start to sweat. White skin goes red. Don't show your tail or else you'll be dead. 
your inner child at the eye of the typhoon and you are growling under your breath at your own lips to just lay there and take it. All of your soft tender fields have been laid to waste and you are deadpan as you try not to shake. When you do start to slide your lips to do the fake grin, hello, your wrist is starting to shake a little as you are stifling out the last spasm over the mouth of the last child within you. It feels like a knife fight hidden amongst the dinner party. Positioning is everything. He wants a ride back out to the valley to get some of this It all just comes together as a jumble. Individual words don't matter here. You're in a place where you could usually walk over on your way to get something and stop and see a coin out of place and go ahead and stop and pick it up as the warm sun lasers across you in your entryway and look at the coin and consider it. Your world is dump trucks surrounding you now, tightly, all touching each other, grinding, revving engines waiting to see which one will lurch upon her and cry out like a monster so they can all descend on her, grinding and trampling vapors of the things of the woman that you just were. When she slipped through the grip and the hooks of the opponent's trap, and she could see it in his eyes that he was looking at her. If you wouldn't have known, would you have been able to figure it out? Would you have known something was wrong with him? By the way he's acting? Oh yeah, he's faking it too, like we all are. And just like that, a cold case victim comes to life and she is on her feet almost immediately proud and almost vengeful. But she won't give you that. You're gonna have to pay for that. Here's a maybe. Maybe, standing in a doorway, wearing kid shorts, having to do this thing with him, that she went somewhere deep where she doesn't even go. In her still mind, like the flat desert at night, out in the darkness, where as you step out of the light more and into the darkness more, your ears start to ring like you're dropping into the depths of the ocean. Out more into the dark, there is a bloodline in the sand, thick, deliberate, straight as far as the eye can see. A place where princesses lay dried amongst the scenery. There's something moving in the dark, moving viciously towards you. Brave little warrior, like a kitten jumping from the litter as a tire plows through the blanket. Brave warrior girl ran so fast and outsmarted Joshua for now. But when she stopped to catch her breath, the sand was all blood colored. There's something moving in the dark, moving viciously toward her. And she sees for a flash that the thing in the dark, stomping, naked, proud, is marching to his death. For once, unbelievably, if she causes Joshua to just trip by the heel on the battlefield and he falls amongst the enemy, the giant house of cards in the dark 
will fall. Stronghold of the beast who is absent. And the sound is the clicking and the flapping sound of a palace of cards falling and undoing down to a flat heap. And is silent, brave little warrior girl. You bring a tear to my eye. She made it through, at least into her apartment, cloaked in a patchwork flashing camouflage that life is still normal. Life is still normal. She immediately calls the police again. It's like watching a creek coming down off the mountains. A cliff, really. Terrible sheer descent hidden in wispy fog. But after the rage and after the drop, the water accepts who he was at this thing, life and finally shuffles the last flat stretch and walks down into the sea. But when the moon flies over at night and the tide comes in on you like a drunken lover, you see the moment the water turns back on itself and it flows backwards, back towards the place, the altar of the splash pools once again. Thanks a lot, an unexpected treat. He could sense the water swirling around his ears like a flying pest, flicking it off like a little brother comfortable with his tormentor. And then the realization that it is true. You can bend things so far that you sway out of the herd and you have to hold your breath and you're in the fringes of human existence, but it's like you're in outer space. But you have to be the one that holds your breath. The smell was in the air. A dog might appear nervous as the human in the room who's been giving off these really trippy oils out of his skin. It's kind of creepy the things that are deeper down in the primordial curtains of the dog's nose. But there's something nasty about like two weeks ago. The human begins to glow and the dog would probably still jump when Joshua stood up and he dipped out. The water was starting to go in the other direction now. You should have drowned already by now. He's on foot. The werewolf holds up a drink as Joshua runs by. Ah, to be young and foolish again. He's on the run. Within seven months, Joshua Wade was indicted and pled guilty to the murder of Mindy Schlosh and Della Brown. Wade was sentenced to 99 years without parole. Shortly after the start of his sentence, Wade requested to be moved out of Alaska and once again confessed to murder, this time of three more men. Can you discern the events of a chess game by analyzing one piece? Could you rebuild the entire sequence of the game just by studying, magnifying, and examining the queen? The officer walked with the dog towards the lonely car. When the door was opened and the dog stuck his head into the car, it was crystal clear. She was upstairs in that room with the bed at her house. She was like a young mother bear torn and still fighting until the end. They had both been in the car. She was in one spot, smeared around for quite a while getting more nervous now. She knows the truth of it. 
but still in the fight. Stale light in the narrow prison cell. Pale paint on the beds and rails. The stink in the air. All five senses permeated. Josh is sitting on his bed. Eyes closed. Ears hearing, but not listening. Dingy fabric. Unnumbed dingy skin. Zip ties locking into place makes her body bump. The noise she made in her breath after was fantastic. All the world was laid out before you. Still can be. Slamming the door on the tsunami, would you stoop to look at it through the keyhole? It doesn't matter. She never shut the door. It was a dream, that other life. As Wade promises details about the additional murders, the family of one of his alleged new victims say they're feeling their loss once again, and they're angry Wade won't face new charges or a trial for the murders. Arlene Soxy of Nome says her son Henry Ongto was ruck, was 30 years old and living in Anchorage when he was killed in 1999. She says she first heard about the connection to Wade in February. The detective remembers the night. Someone had called into this new Crime Stoppers line and said a guy named Josh, who lives at a trailer park, has been telling people he killed the woman in the shed. He was rolling slowly through Manuxile Trailer Park and saw a white Cadillac parked out front. As he was waiting for the information to come back on the license plate, he noticed the trailer had no touch of a mother to it. A father, it seems. Fledgling towing company with assets half under blue tarps. Most small wrecking companies are connected to crime. Drugs almost with certainty. Like a small tank fish, eyes staring at you from under his world. Lips sucking at the surface of your world. He snapped out of it as the letters on the screen came into view. Registration, colon. Joshua Wade. 